Thanks for listening to this sermon from River of Life Alliance Church. We hope the Holy Spirit uses it to point you toward Jesus. If you call River of Life home, we'd encourage you to join a journey group where you can unpack our sermons with a group of people who want to get to know you, who will care for you, read the Bible with you, pray over you, and serve alongside you. Thank you so much, team. That was... It's always, and I say, I say this every time I, I share God's word with us, um, it's always a pleasure. It's always a joy every week, no matter what kind of week I may have, no matter what kind of things are going on in my life, maybe things that are causing me to be anxious, worried, whatever it may be, it's always a joy. Not a Sunday has gone by where it's not a joy to meet with all of you and together as sons and daughters of our God to remember his faithfulness, to remember his goodness, to remember his love for us, and to declare, and I love that last song, a great, great new song uh, that we're being introduced to. I think we've done it once before, but it's kind of newer still to me. Um, great new song. It is well with our soul. I, I pray that, that, that it, is in, it, it is indeed well with our soul this morning. Well, if you're new with us, my name's Matt. Uh, Matt Hayden. I'm the worship pastor here. Uh, every so often, I'm called to uh, share God's word with us, so I'll be, I'll be teaching this morning, so it's going to be an honor. Uh, I, I, was, I was on last week as well. If you, if you missed it, we are in a new series uh, called The Heroes of Faith. Uh, last week, if you missed it, I just encourage you, go back. We have a podcast. It's on iTunes, and it's also found, you can find our podcast online at, at, at our website, riveroflifegj.com. Uh, Take a peek. I I think we covered some things last week, at least in my own opinion, that were significant and important as we as we launch into this new series. Again, for the next five months or so, we're going to be in this series of the heroes of faith, looking into the stories of men and women uh, that are mentioned in Hebrews chapter eleven, but their but their stories are are greater greaterly, if that's a word, unfolded in the Old Testament. And we're going to be digging into their lives. Anyways, if you did miss last week, let me just recap just briefly on last week. We looked at faith. We kind of looked at faith and got, got a little microscope and looked, okay, what is faith in its essence? What's, the, what's the, really the foundation of faith that we're talking about? And among all the heroes of faith, well, what is faith in its simplest form and in, in its essence that we can kind of take to put in our pocket as we move into this series so we looked at that. We also looked into Hebrews chapter 11, where this idea of the heroes of faith in the New Testament were, were brought to. And in Hebrews chapter 11, the, the, the author of Hebrews, uh, throughout the chapter, he, he'll, he'll pause as, as he's describing different people like Abraham or Isaac and Jacob and Moses and Sarah or, or di- different people among the heroes of faith. He'll pause and he'll rise above all of the characters and he'll speak to all of them. They, they had a few things in common. And we looked into that last week again. I encourage you to go listen back and see what that common thread was. The greatest context, though, that we covered lastly last week was as we approach the series of the heroes of faith, we need to know that that chapter in Hebrews isn't just on its own. Chapter 11 of Hebrews isn't plunked out and, and just, just its own little book of itself in the scripture. It, it, it's, it's, towards the, it's part of the book of Hebrews as a whole. And so what we looked at, we looked at, okay, what, what is the greater context of the whole book of Hebrews? And as we spoke last week, we, we talked about how ultimately the book of Hebrews is a case that Jesus is better 
He's the fruition of all the promises in the Old Testament. He's better than any Old Testament uh, prophet or, or better than any angels. And he's greater than any Old Testament um, uh, covenants that were used in the Old Testament. And so we need to take this, this series of Hebrews of faith in context of the whole book of Hebrews that it's a big crescendo of Jesus being the fruition and the best and the ultimate fullness of God's promise to his people. Well, this morning, we're continuing in our series, and we're going to be diving into the life of Abraham. One of the central figures among the heroes of faith is Abraham. Abraham's story begins in Genesis chapter 12. And maybe, maybe you guys know his story from Sunday school or other, other times you, you've had in church. Great story. It starts in Genesis chapter 12, and it runs all the way through Genesis chapter 25. And as scripture brings, brings us onto the scene of, of, of his name originally is Abram. You'll see that. It's called Abram at first, but somewhere in the middle, God changes his name uh, to Abraham. I'm just going to use the word Abraham because that's his name at this point. We have a hundred years. It begins on the scene. When, when, we, when we see Abraham come on the scene, he's 75 years old in scripture. And at the end of his life, he's 175 years. So, so there's, there's 100 years worth of stories and events and life-shaking things that happened to Abraham in his life. Things he faced up to, where he was forced to live by faith. His testimony, his, his life testimony of faith is actually echoed. In, and this is no, nothing new to us this morning. If you're a, a man or woman who loves God's scripture, if you've read any of the New Testament, you've heard the word, uh, you've heard a testimony of Abraham's faith. Jesus refers to Abraham all throughout the Gospels. In Acts chapter 7, we have Stephen. Remember that the disciple Stephen, who was stoned for his faith in Acts chapter 7? Well, in the midst of sharing his testimony, right, right before he gets stoned, he shares the story of Abraham in that testimony of Abraham's great faith. Looking further into the New Testament, in the book of Romans, as, as Paul, the apostle Paul, writes this book uh, to, to this church in Rome who's struggling with theology about who God is and where salvation comes from. How, how is justification found in the life of a believer? And we see in Romans chapter 4, Paul uses Abraham's story, okay? He uses Abraham's story of faith about it to, to, to produce this, this foundation about justification and salvation being on the basis of faith. We'll see in Abraham's story, it said that Abraham believed God. And that was accredited to Abraham as righteousness. And Paul uses that testimony to produce this New Testament theme of salvation and justification coming by faith. That's what we proclaim here this morning. Needless to say, and again, Hebrews 11 obviously talks a lot about Abraham's story. And we'll dig into that a little bit this morning. But Abraham's story for us this morning, it's, very, it's foundational. It's foundational to understand what faith is all about. And as we jump into these characters of the heroes of faith, we thought it prudent to jump in first to Abraham's story. I'll be honest, I was talking to Bill Fry just a moment ago before the service. You know, covering 100 years of someone's life, you know, Genesis 12 through 20, you know, that's a, that's 12 cha- that's a lot of chapters going on about Abraham's story. And I honestly, I, I struggled a little bit, like, Lord... <laughs> Do you want me to pick one story out of it and, and, and you know, teach, teach about that? Lord, do you want me to survey his whole life? Like, how, how do you want me to tell? I mean, we got one Sunday to cover this man. 
Well, I believe God led, led me ultimately to, um, to some things. As I studied the life of Abraham in, in Scripture, he, he, he had many decisions, okay? He had many times where he would make great faith-filled decisions. But if you've studied him before, he also has a few times where, as I read his story, where he makes just outright ridiculous decisions, Horrible decisions, decisions where, where I, you know, someone teaching his word would say, don't follow his example in this instant or in this instance or, you know. So we see throughout the life of Abraham, he comes to these different forks in the road. Okay, these, these events in his life either created by himself or things around him, circumstances or people around him creates this, a fork in the road. And he comes to many of them throughout his life to where he has to choose Okay, I, I can picture that's kind of Abraham, and that may be us in our shoes today, where he had to choose. There's not a third path. There's no neutral path here where he had to choose. Okay, I either live in faith, trust in my own resources, trust in my own strength, trust in my own understanding, and I'm going to walk this way. And that, that's living in fear, okay? Trusting in ourselves, trusting in himself. Or many times he would choose this path of faith, at the fork in the road where he would trust in God, trust in his promises and that he was good. I've had a week to kind of spend in, in this section of, of Old Testament uh, story of Abraham. I, I want to get us our juices flowing a little bit. Okay. In terms of these two paths that he comes to a fork in the road many times in his story, I want us to get thinking. I, I want to show a few examples of these. And I want us to decide, is this him going down a path of fear or a path of faith? Okay. And these might be a little funny and rhetorical, but hey, I want to get our juices rolling. Read this on the screen with, you don't need to read with me, but follow along. Now the Lord said to Abram, okay, this is uh, Genesis 12, one through four. Now go from your country and your kidron and your father's house to the land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I'll bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I'll bless those who bless you and those who dishonor you. I'll curse. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abraham, okay, this is a fork in the road. God comes, hey, leave all your comfort that you have going on for yourself. God, so there's a fork in the road. He has a decision to make. So Abraham went as the Lord had told him. And Lot went with him. And Abraham was 75 years old when he departed from Huron. What do you think? Faith, fear. Yeah? I didn't hear any fears. I'm hoping to hear fear at one point because that would just be funny. Yes. This is a path of faith, obviously. If you were here last week, we talked about the significance of the homeland for these, for these Old Testament people, okay? Especially Abraham. He was a son. And he inherited from his father all of the farm, this land, all the possessions. And, and he was there. He, he had life going all right for him. He was comfortable. And God comes. There's a fork in, his, in the road of his life, okay? And God says, hey, come on out. Come on out. And right there, he has this decision to make. Which way, which path is he going to choose? Yes. And I would agree with you guys. He, he chose the path of faith. Another example throughout his life, just a little bit after he moves on, and then this happens. Now, there was a famine in the land. So Abraham, or Abram, went down to Egypt to sojourn there. For the famine was severe in the land. When he was about to enter Egypt, he said to Sarah's wife, Hey, I know that you're a woman, 
beautiful in appearance. When the Egyptians see you, they will say, hey, this is his wife. Then they will kill me, but then they'll let you live. Hey, can you say that you're my sister? Say that you're my sister, that it may go well with me because of you and that my life may be spared for your sake. What do you guys think? As this fork in the road comes, a famine comes and he jumps down into, as they're going into Egypt, this whole conversation unfolds with him and his wife, Sarah. Faith or fear? Yeah, like I said, this is kind of silly. Obviously, blatantly clear. This was a, a path he chose of fear, okay? He was scared. Now, now I would even say, not even obviously the, the thing with his wife, but the whole famine in the land, I think we need to pause there. Now, there was a famine in the land, and so he just decides on his own behalf, okay, well, I'm just going to go take care of myself. I'm going to go to Egypt where all the food is. I think if he would have chose the path of faith, it would have looked more like an Abraham consulted God and asked, Lord, there's a famine. What do I do? What do you want me to do? Anyways, getting our juices flowing a little bit through his story. Third, fear of faith. This is, this is uh, into his story a little more. God has unfolded some promises, and we'll get, get to these specific promises in a moment. But uh, now Sarah, Abraham's wife, had borne him no children. And, and again, I'll just... So this, this can... For some of us that don't know his story, uh, God had extended promises to Abraham, and the, the biggest part of his promise was, hey, you're going to have a son. And there's going to be great inheritance through this son that you have through your own seed. Okay, so that's where the backdrop to this, where we're coming in on this passage. Now, Sarah, Abraham's wife, Abraham's wife had borne him no children yet. She had a female Egyptian servant whose name was Hagar. And Sarah said to Abram, behold, now the Lord has prevented me from bearing children. Go into my servant that it may be that I shall obtain children by her. And Abram listened to the voice of Sarah. So after Abraham had lived, okay, he's gone 10 years here. So, you know, give him some credit. He's been waiting 10 years in the land of Canaan. Sarah's wife, Sarah, Abram's wife, took Hagar the Egyptian, her servant, and gave her to Abram, her husband, her husband as a wife. And she, he went into Hagar and he conceived by her. Faith or fear? This whole thing, kind of a weird, you know, you know sorry, it's a kind of an R-rated version this morning a little bit. Uh, but yeah, definitely out of fear, you know, he listens to the voice of, of, of his wife. And, and in that moment, he comes to a fork in the road where, where he, he will choose between, okay, faith in God's promises or fear. And I'm going to trust in myself. And obviously he took things into his own hands. He took what Sarah was saying and said, well, yeah, I guess I've got to take matters into my own hands. Final example. Again, I, I hope our juices are starting to flow. I hope you're starting to understand what we're getting at with this fork in the road thing. Towards the very end of his story, okay? After these things, God tested Abraham. Okay, and, and again, get, get, getting you up to speed on the story. Uh, he has had the son Isaac with Sarah. Okay, so God did fulfill his promise to him. Uh, and we're, we're coming on the scene. Isaac's around. They've had a great party for Isaac. Everyone's excited. Abraham obviously is in love with Isaac, uh, with everything that he means to him personally for his promises after these things god tested abraham said to him abraham he said here i am god said take your son your only son isaac whom you love and go to the land of moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains which i shall tell you so abraham rose early in the morning saddled his donkey and took two of his young men with him and his son isaac he cut the wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place of which god had told him 
As Abraham came to this fork, what do you guys think? Fear or faith? Yeah, again, kind of a silly, obvious. Abraham had many of these forks in the road, okay? And I just wanted to show a few examples for us to understand that he did. He came to many of these times where either God would say something, other people would say something, or a circumstance would happen. He would come to a fork in the road and he would be forced to choose one way or the other. For us this morning, as I prayed about, Lord, what would you have me share about this? I I see this in, in Abraham's story. I see this. As I dug into this, I began thinking about our own lives. And I, and I wondered, and, and would you, what if we were to take a moment this morning and thought over the span of our life, our life history, the different maybe major events or maybe small events, maybe little daily things. I don't think these forks in the road are necessarily always just big events that we need to choose, you know, what job to have or who to marry or, you know, these big, sometimes forks in the road can be just little things of our attitude or the ways we handle a conversation, Okay. Anyways, as we think about our lives, the span of our lives, thinking about our own forks in the road, have we chosen to live out of fear, taking matters in our own hands and whatever that context looked like? Or did we choose the path of faith? Do do we share with Abraham kind of the up and down? Like sometimes we'd do that, sometimes we'd do this, sometimes we'd be faith-filled, sometimes we'd be just filled with fear. I know when I thought about my own life, I really had to consider this, and I saw many times where I'd act out of either one. Well, as we dive into this series, and as we look at all these men and women, and today as we look at Abraham, I think we, we as a people here at River, we, we desire to be men and women who walk consistently by faith, right? I mean, life, I think, would be a lot, well, maybe not easier necessarily, but it'd be peaceful, we wouldn't, we wouldn't burden ourselves so many times when we take the path of fear. We just make a mess of our lives and we need to rebuild things sometimes, have it torn down, come to surrendering point, and, and then we choose, okay, Lord, I guess I'll trust in you. And we kind of rededicate or reclaim or re-up our faith with the Lord. I've titled today's message, uh, Choosing the Path of Faith, a, a survey of the life of Abraham. And in choosing the path of faith, I just kind of want to look into three things that I see in his story. Abraham, I think eventually, as he made these mistakes, I think he got down faith because he is. He's, a, he's, a, he's the foundational person where the New Testament all echoes his faith story, his testimony of faith. I think Abraham became a guy who consistently began to consistently make that decision towards faith and not that of fear. And today, for us, as we can learn how to choose the path of faith. Number one, we primarily, and we see this in Abraham's life, we need to be clear on God's promises to us. Secondly, I want to look in upon, upon God's call in Abraham's life. And, and, and sometimes when God calls us out in life, we must boldly step into the unknown. We've got to learn how to be a people who step in to the unknown. And as we look at his story, we will see that. And finally today, I want to just cover that, that we, we need to be a people who learn to wait for God to provide. And we'll see that in Abraham's story as well. Would you, would you turn with me to Genesis chapter 12, if you're not already there, or with your smartphone or tablet, would you button, 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 push and get to Genesis 12? 
And as you do that, let, let me pray. Uh, would, you, would you pray with me as we dig in? Lord Jesus, um, Lord, this morning we're here. Uh, we're your children. We're your sons and daughters. Uh, Lord, it would really behoove us if we didn't ask for your, your presence of your Holy Spirit to illuminate these words to us. God, may, may I not say a thing this morning, Lord. May your Holy Spirit be the one that's speaking to our hearts and minds. As we dig into your scripture, as we dig into the truth, would you illuminate the truth of your word to us? And God, as we consider Abraham's life of choosing this path of faith, uh, Lord, would you, would you create in us hearts and minds to just learn well? God, we pray this in your name. Amen. Amen. In choosing the path of faith, we need to be clear on God's promise. You know, Abraham was a man who was very clear on God's promise. He, he, he kind of didn't have a choice to be clear. Um, if, we, if you look throughout his story, whoops. If you look throughout his story, yeah, I knew I did that twice. There, there's many times, and I just have six up here on the screen, but there's many times throughout Genesis 12 to 25 where God comes to Abraham and he literally speaks to him and he reveals to him, hey, this is my promise to you, Abraham. So it's not like Abraham had much of a choice. He wasn't necessarily, I think he was a man and I think God knew his heart. But God would come to him consistently over and over again throughout his life. And starting right here in Genesis 12, clearly stating his promise to Abraham. Let's read uh, in ver- chapter 12, verses 1 through 3. Now the Lord said to Abram, and again, we read this before, Go from your country, from your kindred, and your father's house to the land that I will show you. And I'll make you a great nation, and I'll bless you, make your name great, so that you will be a blessing. I'll bless those who bless you, and him who dishonors you, I will curse. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Okay? Turn to Genesis 13. We're going to just look at a couple of these examples of where God's promise to Abraham was clear. Chapter 13, verses 14 through 17. says this. The Lord said to Abram, after Lot had separated from him, Now lift up your eyes, Abram, and look from the place where you are. Look northward and southward and eastward and westward for the land that you see I will give to you and to your offspring forever. I'll make your offspring as the dust of the earth so that if one could count the dust of the earth, your offspring also can be counted. Arise, walk through the length and the breadth of the land, for I will give it to you. Okay? Let's look at just one more. Uh, chapter 17, verses 3 through 8. Let's, let's go to that one. Chapter 17, verses 3 through 8. Okay, so a lot of things have still unfolded, but we come to this point, and God comes to Abraham again. Then Abram fell on his face, and God said to him, Behold, my covenant is with you, and you shall be a father of a multitude of nations. No longer shall your name be called Abram. But your name shall be Abraham, for I've made you the father of a multitude of nations. I'll make you exceedingly fruitful. I'll make you into nations, and kings shall come from you. And I will establish my covenant between me and you and your offspring after you throughout their generations for an everlasting covenant to be God to you and to your offspring after you. Verse 8. And I'll give to you and to your offspring after you the land of your sojournings and all the land in Canaan for an everlasting possession. I will be their God. Wow. 
Abraham, at least in his head, at least he has heard many times over and over again the promise that God had for him, the promises of God. I want to point one more thing out. In being clear on God's promise, Abraham not only heard these things over and over again and was reminded of these things over and over again. Turn to Genesis chapter 15. Turn back with me quick. And it's on the screen. I want to point this out because not only did he hear the promises of God, but Abraham, in this section, he, he actually wrestles with God. He, he questions God's promise to him because he hadn't, at this point, he hasn't seen the fruition of his promise. God had promised him, hey, you're going to have great inheritance and great, a lot of nations are going to come from you and I'm going to bless you and, and it's going to come from you. And, and Abraham and Sarah, they, they're, they're not having kids. And so we come to Genesis 15. I'm just going to read it off the screen. And after these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Fear not, Abram. I'm your shield. I'm your reward. And your reward shall be very great. But Abram said, Oh, Lord God, what will you give me? For I continue childless. And the, the heir of my house right now, the, the, the guy that I have as a part of my, that I'm going to extend my inheritance to, is not my own child. Of my house is Eliezer of Damascus. And Abram said, Behold, you have given me no offspring. And a member of my household will be my heir. And behold, the word of the Lord came back to him as Abraham wrestles with God, questions God, in dialogues with him, says, this man, this Eliezer, shall not be your heir. Your very own son will be your heir. And I want to just point out, Abraham wasn't just a guy that, you know, always was hearing God's promise. He became crystal clear on what God was promising him. And he questioned God and he wrestled with it. And God made it very clear about his promise. Abraham understood clearly God's promises to him. As I thought about this, I asked the question, so, so what about us today? We're in a unique time in biblical history, okay? As the Bible unfolds, it, you know, there's, it uh, depends on what you believe anyways. 6,000 years ago, Abraham was walking the earth doing, doing this thing with God, understanding his promises. Here we are 6,000 years later. Christ has come, has done his redemptive work on the cross. We have the, the, the finished revealed word of God with all of his promises to us as a people of God. Are we clear on God's promises to us? And if the answer is no, my question is, are we digging into this book? Are we reminding ourselves on a daily basis of what God promises us? Are we spending time journeying with other people in our lives that, that know God and share common goals within wanting to live a life of faith? And as we, as we wrestle with some of the promises of God, are we talking things through with others so that we might, you know, because I'll be honest, sometimes we can take a promise of God. Take, for example, Philippians 4.19 talks about God says, Jesus says, hey, uh, I will provide for you all of your needs according to the riches of Christ Jesus. He says that to us, New Testament believers. God will provide for us every need according to the riches that we have in Christ Jesus. That is a promise we can take to the bank. But hear me, sitting in this room, 160 of us here, we may 
context that promise to certain expectations that we personally put into that promise saying, well, Lord, you promise to provide every need. So where's my Mustang? Where's my 1969 cherry, you know, cherry red Mustang five speed? Bam. Where is it? That's a ridiculous example. I don't think any of us, we understand the promises of God aren't for that necessarily. But there's a, lot of, there's a lot of promises that I think we can skew in our own brains. That we think God is not being faithful to me in this, in this, in this. Because I'm going through this and I'm going through that. And I'm not getting this. Okay? And we need to be careful to be clear on, on actually God's promises, not our own interpretation of what we think that promise looks like in our life. Does that make sense? And we need to be journeying. We need to be with other people to be careful. If we're in a season of bitterness, God's now not making right on his promises to me. Have you consulted men and women in your life and talk that through with them and get their perspectives and, and maybe read other parts of scripture where it talks about, you know, that need isn't, isn't necessarily our wants in life, Right? We walking with others. We need, if we're going to be men and women who, who consistently take, walk this path of faith, we need to be clear on God's promises, which takes wrestling on our part. It takes questioning on our part, talking it through. As we see in Abraham's life, he did it too. We've got to be clear on God's promise. Secondly, becoming clear on God's promises enabled Abraham, as he was so crystal clear on his promises, Abraham was able to step into these unknowns. Okay? Back in Genesis 12, again, you don't need to, don't need to turn there. But again, just, just as, as God calls Abraham out, again, we got to remember, put ourselves in Abraham's shoes. He was comfortable. He was doing fine. He had his land, he had his inheritance, he had livestock. He, he was a wealthy dude. He had a lot of things going on for him. And God says, hey, I want you to leave all that and go to a land that I'll show you. At that point in Abraham's head, okay, putting ourselves in his shoes, that's an unknown to him. Oh, okay, go to a land that you're going to tell me, you're not even going to give me a map to like, like see where I'm going. I'm just going to go and as I go, I, I got to trust in you. Major unknown. Okay, and throughout his life, there's a few examples, but I want to go to another example in Genesis 22. I think of a, a crazy example of this for him. Turn to, turn to Genesis 22 with me. As Abraham was a man choosing the path of faith, he would step into the unknown. Again, the promise of God that through through your son, Abraham, through Isaac, eventually Isaac was born. Okay, he, he, was, he was born and they celebrated and they did a great feast for Isaac. And, and Abraham, I can just imagine as he held Isaac or as he watched him sleep, he was, he's, he's relating to the Lord. And he's like, man, Lord, you made well on your promise. Even though I kind of messed up with Hagar before, I wasn't trusting you. Now here's Isaac. Here's my son. Here's this fruition of the promise that you've given me. And we come to Genesis 22. After these things, God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, he said, here I am. God said, take your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love. Go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains, which I shall tell you. So Abraham rose early in the morning, saddled his donkey and took two of his young men with him. 
and his son Isaac. He cut the wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place which God had told him. He stepped into the unknown. What an incredible unknown too. Finally, he has Isaac, right? We, we, we talk, he has Isaac. He's holding him. He's doing life with him. He's going, man, through him, my descendants are going to be named. And, and then God calls this. Whoa. How confusing. How weird. Like this fork in the road that he came to, I think, was, 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 the, was one of the greatest forks of Abraham's life. He could have chosen, Lord, I, I don't know what, what, why you're asking me that. I must not be hearing you correctly because no way. I mean, your promises are through Isaac. My descendants are coming and that's your promise. And so I'm just going to, by fear, just not do this. I'm going to huddle down. I'm going to hold him. I'm going to hold him tight. I'm not, I'm not doing that. I'm not letting him go. But Abraham doesn't do that. He steps in to the unknown. And as, as I saw this, as God was showing me this this week you know i I thought what about us man how many times have i in my life when god calls me out whether it's something big like like abraham's case in this case or something even small on a daily basis i'm at the grocery store or something and someone's hurting or crying in the you know in the lane and or they're talking and i hear them sharing their story with a cashier and they're right in front of me and they're sharing their story of something going on and, and god's what he's calling me out hey why don't you go pray for them or why don't you go talk with them why don't you go extend my mercy to them and in my fear, sometimes I'll, I'll take that path of fear. Oh, gosh, I don't want to look like a whack job, you know, or I don't want to look strange. I don't want to create an uncomfortable environment for anybody, right? You guys know, I know you've been in those shoes. I'm not alone. But for us, a lot of us run. We run in the opposite direction. We do a Jonah. Anyways, if you know the story of Jonah, that's hilarious. Um, <laughs> We run in the opposite direction of faith. And in fear, we run away from what God's trying to call us into. May we learn to step into these unknowns. God will call us to things that may be scary. They may seem foreign to us. Things that are definitely maybe an unknown, like I can't quite see what you're doing, Lord. I can't see the final goal, but I feel like you're calling me out in whatever area. May we, may we step in to that unknown. Abraham was clear in his, throughout his story. He was clear on God's promises. Abraham stepped many times into the unknown as he followed out God, as he chose this path of faith. Finally, in his journey, Abraham learned to wait for God to provide. He waited for God to provide. I believe this, waiting on God to provide, to provide for him, was one of Abraham's biggest struggles. I just, I just get that sense. As I read his story, and this, this in Genesis 22, as we, this is kind of the climax of his story, okay? It's kind of like the God's brought him all along. He's learned from his, his traveling in faith, or tra- traveling, you know, following his fear, or following, he's learned along the way, and he comes to this, I mean, crazy climax of his story of, of he's got Isaac, and God calls him to sacrifice him. And I believe it's here. That was Abraham's ultimate biggest struggle for him was waiting on God to provide. He loved to just take things into his own hands. 
recalling a couple slides ago, you know, the, the famine in the land, remember? And he, he went, rushed right into Egypt and he did what he did there. And the situation with Hagar, how he discounted the promises of God and he took things into his own hands. And well, let's read the rest of his story here in Genesis 22, verse 4 and on through 14. Follow with me. Verse 4. So, so, so we have Abraham again. We, we read before. He's with Isaac. He, he's with a few young men. He's cut the wood for the burnt offering and he's going on to the place that God has told him. Verse 4. On the third day, three-day journey, <laughs> Abraham lifted up his eyes and he saw the place from afar. Then Abraham said to his young men, Stay here with the donkey and I and the boy will go over there and we will worship and come again to you. And Abraham took the wood and the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac his son. And he took in his hand the fire and the knife. So they went, both of them, together. And Isaac said, noticing some things, Isaac said to his father, My father, he said, he said here I am, my son. He said, Behold the fire and the wood, but where's the lamb for the burnt offering? Abraham said, verse 8, God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering, my son. So they went, both of them, together. When they came to the place of which God had told him, Abraham built the altar there and laid the wood in order and bound Isaac, his son, and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. And Abraham reached out his hand, took the knife to slaughter his son. But then the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. He said, here I am. He said, don't lay your hand on the boy, or do anything for him. For now I know that you fear God, seeing you have not withheld your son, your only son from me. And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, behind him was a ram caught in a thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham, after all this unfolded, called the name of that place, the Lord will provide. As it is said to this day, on the mount of the Lord, it shall be provided. Wow. Crazy. Abraham choosing the path of faith, stepping into this unknown and trusting, waiting on God to provide the whole way. Three days journey. Imagine what was going on in his head. Well, we don't have to imagine. In Hebrews 11, the author of Hebrews gives us some divine revelation of what was going on in Abraham's head. We can go ahead to that next slide. In Hebrews 11, look look what was going on in Abraham's head. By faith, Abraham, when he was tested, okay, when he was tested about giving his son, offered up Isaac. And he who had received the promises was in the act of offering up his only son, of whom it was said, through Isaac your offspring shall be named. And Abraham considered that God was even able to raise him from the dead. Whoa. So Abraham wasn't just like just numbly going through the motions here as he, as he, this three day journey with Isaac. And I, and I can't imagine as a father, I think of Noah, my son, I can't imagine in that three, I can't imagine it. The agony of a, the humanly speaking, what's going on in, in Abraham's head as a human, going to do what he's going to do as God has called him out. But we know that this was going on in his head. 
He had faith that God could even provide, he, that, 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 that he could even raise Isaac from the dead if he was going to slay his son. That was the great faith that Abraham had. What in our lives do we need to be waiting on God to provide for what in our lives, like Abraham, can our minds start thinking maybe out of the box a little bit, man? We, we live in a world that constantly is telling us, hey, you got to do what you need to do to make your life good for what it is that you want it to be. That's not the way that God wants us to live. We need to start thinking out of the box. We need to be waiting on God to provide and trusting him that, that even... even in a ridiculous way, God can make good on his promises to us. And in this case, that God could even raise his son Isaac from the dead. Do we wait for God to provide? I'm going to invite the worship team up as we close this morning, as we kind of take in the, 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 these the scenarios of these forks in the road and as we talk about being clear on God's promises, as we've talked about, you know, stepping into the unknown as God calls us out and how we ought to be men and women of faith who, who wait on God to provide. I know that God is speaking to each of us individually. We, we all have circumstances right now in our lives that we're living through. And it's not easy. I'm not, this is not easy. The faith journey is a difficult journey many times. But it can be one of peace. It can be one of peace as we trust and as we wait on God to provide. As we move into this final song, Maybe as we've considered the forks in the road that we've come up against, or as we consider, maybe we're at a fork in the road today that we're dealing with, that we're, we're, we, we know what, what it would mean to just act in fear and, and to just take things in our own hands and do it. And then we, maybe we can see, okay, God's promised me these things. What does it look like for us in this fork of the road to act and live in faith? The book of 1 John as we come to our final song, the book of 1 John um, talks a lot about God as a father. And as we place our faith and trust in the work that Jesus did for us on the cross, redeeming us from our sin, we, we are able to become a child of God as we by faith receive him as Lord and Savior. We become an heir of God. We become a child of God, receiving from him. Okay? And in 1 John 4 verse 18, it says this, that perfect love, as you understand the love of the Father, perfect love casts out all fear. If you're dealing today with some fear, if some of your decisions are based in fear, may we know the love of the Father. May we declare that to ourselves and remind ourselves of those promises that he promises to provide. He promises these things. And may we walk in faith and allow that perfect love to cast out all fear. Let, let's stand today. Let, let, let's, let's declare these things. We, we sang a song earlier in the service. Uh, I'm no longer a slave of fear. Because I'm a child of God. Let's sing this out. Let's sing it strong. And we'll, we'll come up and pray and, and, and bless us as, as we go from today.